0: I acknowledge that the land I work, live, and play on is the unceded territory of the Coast Salish peoples, including the territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh nations. I really wanted cocoa, and I didn't have any um, cocoa, I didn't have any powder, didn't have any chalk chips, but... When you came on Jonas, mm-hmm. um, you gave us those little snack pack Nutellas <laughs> with the breadsticks, and I thought on a whim I'll use that, but I better spice it up. And so I put some cayenne pepper, some nutmeg, cinnamon, and a clove in it. Ooh. Oh, yeah, there might be a clove in there, so just be aware. Okay, just um, crunch it up. <laughs> yeah, and it's – I like it better than regular cocoa now, so I had to go buy some more. And I, I used the breadsticks as a garnish nice. before, so thank you for those. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, you helped me discover that.
1: <laughs> well, I felt like I should bring something, and I was like, "Is this so weird? I don't know."
0: <laughs> Did you I buy like them. them specifically? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's nice.
1: <laughs> yeah, I stopped it at like London Drugs. I was like, "What can I bring? I don't know." <laughs>
0: uh, so, welcome to Vanix Van. Uh, I th- this is episode fifty-five, um, and I'm here today with animator, illustrator, lead background layout artist Rosemary <laughs> Trevali.
1: Hi. Thanks for having me.
0: Is that, are those all correct?
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just some rando, I don't know. You're <laughs> just, a rando. I'm just some rando, I do whatever.
0: Everyone's a rando, <laughs> they just do different things. Yeah. Just taking a nice big audible sip. <laughs> uh what are some of your favorite shows or movies that you've worked on?
1: Okay, so I've worked on um, oh my god the name is so long okay home the adventures of tip and o for uh, netflix for dreamworks um and that show was like legitimately hilarious i really loved working on that one um i also did some stop motion shorts for jib jab a while back and one of them was an adams family one
0: is that, uh, is that the e-card website? yeah
1: yeah the e-cards <laughs> but that was cool because it was like an officially licensed adams family thing which i always loved so that was neat to kind of contribute to the franchise in some small way um yeah those two are pretty cool um I also did a stop motion commercial uh for
0: hot dog pancake
1: uh yeah (laughs) pancake on a stick where I was animating like real food that was like a, a weird experience because I was animating um like stop motion animating actual food live on set in front of this entire crew who was there because I don't know why they decided to do it that way but you know they called me in for like set time of 7 a.m. and I literally sat there until I think one in the afternoon and then they had me animating and they had a chef on set who was making pancakes and these sausages and stuff and the director was like standing over them looking for the perfect ones kind of thing so they just had piles of these like ugly pancakes that they didn't want to use and they would give them to me and you know I'd animate them and whatever else so like the, the concept of the commercial is it's a pancake a sausage and a stick And the pancake rolls up the sausage onto the stick and then it turns into the product. So I'm animating all of these things all day, you know, like we're doing different takes and using different types and whatever else. And they have it on a, uh, it was like a red piece of paper. And as I'm animating, the grease is just soaking into this paper and leaving this trail across. So they had to take all that out of post. So that was weird and hilarious, but it was fun to animate. So,
0: Do you have access to the raw footage?
1: Um, I actually have all of it because they, um, so on top of hiring me to animate, they didn't have, uh, the software to do it. So they rented my computer and my software. So I got paid twice for it, which was pretty awesome. So I have all of the raw footage. Um, I think the commercial itself is on my website as well, but you so you can't see the grease, but I could show it to you if you wanted to see
0: it. So you could make like a, like a tool music video. Using that. <laughs> yeah. What was that, uh, that Netflix one with the long name?
1: Uh, Home, The Adventures of Tippin. Oh, yeah. It's like uh, Home was a DreamWorks movie uh, with a little purple alien and Rihanna. I've
0: seen it. Yeah, and yeah. then they
1: made a 2D show that was uh, started by Thurup Van Orman and uh, Ryan Kriego. So the two of them were the showrunners on that. Um, and then Thurup left shortly after it got started. Um, and so I was at Timos at the time, and we did... Like most of the work on that and it was just like a really funny and weird show that was way better than the movie <laughs> so.
0: the movie were, was all right i remember i think i came in like two thirds of the way through my, <laughs> my niece was watching it <laughs>
1: i was gonna say where were you, that you just walked
0: in? <laughs> so whenever i uh have to go to these family gathering mm-hmm. sort of things back in australia obviously uh, I don't really like any of the adults very much. Uh-huh. So I'll just, you know, once I've, I put in my, my social dues, I'll just, <laughs> I'll just fuck off to where the kids are. and like, what are we watching? What are we, what are we building out of Lego today? Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're all like, oh, wow. You're you're so, you're so good with kids. I'm like, literally all you have to do is just go in and do whatever they want to do. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. It's, it's, it's easy. Um, so, yeah, you mentioned your stop motion work. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched I watched uh, all the ones you have on your website there. I love The Champ. Oh, thank you. Um, what was the process for that?
1: Uh, okay, so I went to uh, Sheridan College for animation. Um, so it's a four-year program, and in your final year, you have to do your thesis film. So um, the summer before my final year, I was doing an internship at uh, Cup of Coffee Studios in Toronto, which is a stop motion studio there, and... You know during the summer uh okay so like the the application process for stop motion is a little bit different because since most people are focusing on a 2d film for their thesis but some people want to do stop motion and sheridan has a studio space that can fit um i think three people so if a lot of people want to do stop motion films that year you have to apply to try to get the space and like prove what you want to do or whatever so during the summer i was trying to you know I was like working this internship um, and trying to come up with ideas about what I could do sort of thing so I had all these like grand ideas of like oh yeah I'm gonna make this film and it's gonna do this and that whatever and then I just kind of was like this isn't interesting to me I just want to make a film about a wrestler because I like wrestling (laughs) and it was that's literally what it came from so you know like I did some concept work for it and tried to make some like temp puppets to see um if I could get that like foam body look for it because like I really love um Muppets so I wanted them to look like stop motion Muppets kind of so I was trying to develop that um and then yeah so the first semester was me um like boarding it pitching it starting to work on props and all that kind of stuff and then the second semester was me um filming it and editing it and doing all like the sound recording and everything else that so year-long process thesis film. like on top of other coursework as well
0: so are the uh the puppets are they like natal felt or something
1: um it's the the process to make them is like it's a um okay so it's an aluminum block uh armature so like the the pelvis the feet um and the chest are aluminum blocks that wire fits into to make the arms yeah. and then on top of that blocks of i glued blocks of um like upholstery foam that you can just buy like uh, Walmart or whatever onto that. And then I got really thin um, it's bandage underwrap foam that you get at sports stores and wrapped that multiple times using glue, uh, spray glue over the foam to make the shapes of the arms and hands and stuff that I wanted to. And then it was airbrushed the color that I wanted. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, There's a, a lot.
1: <laughs> it's a very involved process. I actually put together um, a book about how I made the entire film um, and then I entered it into a competition um, for like infographic poster work. So I made this like massive poster that illustrated the entire stop motion process of how I made the film. Um, and I ended up winning a bunch of money for it, which was cool. <laughs> so I was nice. like, good job me for like actually keeping track of how I did all this stuff. <laughs> is, that,
0: uh, is that poster available on your website
1: um, I don't think the poster is, but the book I do have up for sale on my Gumroad site, um, which I can should give the link to later. I don't know yeah, what we'll, it is uh, off the top of my head. But. We'll drop
0: all the relevant links <laughs> yeah. in the show notes. The, the, the
1: poster's around somewhere, though. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so, yeah, as you mentioned, you're a big wrestling fan. Yeah. Um, I was going
1: to almost demand that you do a wrestling intro like you did for uh, Ravenous Randy a couple uh, weeks no, ago. <laughs> you should have
0: asked me. I would have come up with one. Next time. <laughs> it, I gotta amp myself up a little bit to do the voice. Oh yeah, you gotta hype it. <laughs> yeah. But wait, wait a second. I don't think that's coming through on the recording.
1: <laughs> well, it was Cena's theme anyway. <laughs>
0: yeah. Cena's theme. Yeah, I was very careful not to play that for uh Randy Myers. I thought that would be uh Yeah. Unkind.
1: I think so, yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's his own guy, so <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah, I, I was saying to you before the recording, we went to the Horror on Hastings mm-hmm. last Friday. Um, he played Jack Torrance in his bit, which oh, was nice. really cool. I wish I could have gone. <laughs> it was Jack, Jack and Danny Torrance against um, the, the Spooky Twins. Oh my god. And they weren't played by the Voros Twins.
1: <laughs> oh, that's surprising.
0: <laughs> Do you get uh, into ECCW much?
1: Um, I've been to some shows. I try to go, but usually what happens is I wait too long and then it sells out. <laughs> so Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, we got these tickets like two months in advance. Yeah, so that's and weird. and then it was like pretty much standing room only and lots of pushing and shoving
1: yeah see i'm one of those people where i have to have um a seat because like my back is so messed up so i cannot stand for that long so right. if i can't and they'll sell it really quick right so if i can't get that then it's kind of like well i'd like to go but i would probably only be able to be there for like 40 minutes and then i'd have to leave and then it would be miserable the next day so yeah
0: fair <laughs> enough yeah <laughs> so what's the main kind of uh wrestling you get into what's the what the main kind of wrestling you get into the
1: main kind um or
0: the main uh what a league i don't know what am i saying <laughs> federation uh,
1: okay i'm wearing a new japan shirt right now <laughs> oh the japanese have, wrestling. yeah i do really love uh, new japan pro wrestling which is great uh just because it's like really weird but they're very like good wrestlers so you see some really cool stuff uh happen over there but i kind of i don't know i kind of have like a soft spot for everything um Because all wrestling is good and fun, (laughs) you know? Like, I mean, North American's very... Well, okay, like, specifically WWE, that kind of style, is, like, a lot of weird stories. The wrestling's more technical. Well, in my opinion, I mean, like... I don't know if you have any big wrestling fans listening. (laughs) They might get mad at one but in my opinion. I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Um, You know, and, like, the stories are weird, but it's, like, a big staple, and there's so much of it all the time, you know? Um, And then you have, like... Mexican wrestling with all you know like your lucha and that sort of style which again very good but that's like telenovela crazy storylines of somebody's dead brother is being controlled by you know like an ancient demon and that sort of which is awesome to watch as well and then you know the Japanese stuff is a lot of really good like high-flying wrestling which is really cool um, that I only understand the storyline of when they happen to have a translator (laughs) for a lot of it so you know I miss out on a lot of that but I like keeping up on it and it's all good. I don't know. <laughs>
0: Why do you watch that the Japanese wrestling?
1: Um you can watch it off the um nj, NJ New Japan NJPW. I always mess it up. Uh website you can buy like a uh uh English membership or whatever. And then so like the major pay-per-views, they'll do English commentary usually, and then the weekly stuff is just in Japanese. So uh, so you just have to watch it to pay attention. <laughs> That's a good thing about, like, you know, if you're watching WWE or whatever, I can still do freelance work or whatever else on the side. And, you know, you listen to the commentary. So it's like, I guess, listening to a baseball game kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, with Japanese, you have to... Well, I have to concentrate more.
0: <laughs> what I struggle with is with... Uh wrestling in general is breaking back into it Mm -hmm. after being out of it for a long time that's fair so i don't really know how to do it i don't have tv anymore i just use netflix and amazon and stuff so if i wanted to break into watching this japanese wrestling do they have like a smackdown Um, i can't
1: remember what their weeklies are called but usually um january is always a good time to get into any sort of promotion oh that's coming up yeah (laughs) because like you know wwe has uh the road to wrestlemania which happens in the summer so all of their like big storylines and big pay-per-views start around there and they're pretty good about doing like recaps of their major storylines sort of thing and then same with um new japan as well they're starting their uh like wrestle kingdom is around then and starting so it's it's kind of like resetting the year almost so it, that's a good time to kind of get in on it as far as like storylines for new japan again i'm not as big on it because a lot of it is just not available to me i find and on top of it it's like there's so much wrestling like if i was gonna watch all these promotions that i like i would not get to do anything else in my life yeah. sort of thing so the good thing about it is that it's always kind of like you know that's a good guy you know that's a bad guy you know who you're supposed to boo you know who you're supposed to cheer for and you can just enjoy the fact that it's like this crazy garbage that's happening in front of you so yeah
0: that that's the most fun thing about going to live wrestling I've only been once Mm -hmm. last Friday but just being able to just shout boo as loud as loud as you can. Like it's not only uh accepted, it's expected.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they want audience participation. And like, it, that's a huge thing.
0: It it's really easy to get swept up in it. I yeah. thought I'd go and be silent cuz like I'm a big fan of stand-up comedy, but I don't laugh very much okay. when I'm when I go see it, mm-hmm. which feels awkward because especially with this podcast when I've interviewed a lot of the comedians, sometimes they'll like lock eyes with me and I'm just stony faced. <laughs> I feel like a pressure to laugh, or like if I go to a music show, like I don't really get into like cheering or dancing that much.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, the musician also locks eyes with yeah. you, yeah.
0: <laughs> and I'm just and I'm just standing there like a golem. Um, <laughs> no, I do get into it sometimes, like metal and punk. I'll, I'll, it's hard not to get swept up in it. Yeah. And then I guess like uh, wrestling, the same sort of thing. I guess it's like a a punk play.
1: Yeah. It's you know, Eater in the Round. It's, you know, the greatest show on earth sort of thing. In the, in the, in the squared circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: is the So The Champ, is that the only time your work has intersected with your love of wrestling?
1: Uh, no. Okay. So uh, I have a bunch of friends uh, that are also like animators and cartoonists and other stuff. Um, like some are in LA, some are around the US. Uh, there's a couple of us in Canada. And uh, we run this Tumblr called um, Muscle Temple. We don't post it in as much as we used to, um, but it's all of us love wrestling. So we just com- put all of our like fan art and weird drawings and stuff that we did together into this blog. And then uh, we kind of had the idea where uh, we could do Kickstarter to make a book. So we did that. Um, that was like four years ago, I think. So with the end goal of the book was the money that we would get from the project, um, like to pay all the artists. We would pull together and actually go to WrestleMania together. So we did that and successfully uh, funded it and went to WrestleMania, and it was awesome. So <laughs> yeah, that was is, that's our other like big wrestling. Is project, that book still in in print? Um, okay. We did like an initial massive print run. I do not have any copies left personally, but I think um, Frank Gibson, uh, the guy who who handled like all the printing, he might still have some. Um, I'm not sure. A Hot lot of Hot ticket art, item. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> and I kind of, like, was bringing it to shows for a while, sort of, like, I don't really know if anybody's going to be into this because it's, again, it's, like, a lot of people sort of, like, look down on wrestling, you know, because it's, like, entertainment for, like, Hicks is a lot, a lot of people have that attitude. Like, I don't agree with that, but a lot of people think that way. Or They'll be like, oh, wrestling's for kids. Oh, that's so dumb. Whatever else. So they, they you know... It kind of sucks. And I always want to be like, listen, if you're going to give wrestling a chance, I know you're a cool person because you're open to what it could be, you know, to give it a shot. So anyways, I was bringing this around for a while. You know, people were just kind of like, oh, wrestling, I'm not really into it. And then like two years ago, suddenly everyone was like, oh my God, this book is great. And then I like immediately sold out of all the copies that I have after not selling it at any shows up here for like two years. So that was kind of surprising, but yeah.
0: Cool. Well, uh, I'd love to see it sometime. (laughs) Uh, What was it like participating in the Tip Mouse five-second day? Uh, (laughs) Because I imagine that it's insane.
1: Yeah, it's great, but also stressful because it has grown from what it... Like, it originally started uh, within the company as this thing where it was just like, today, nobody do work, everybody work on a personal project and just go for it, sort of thing. And that's, you know, really cool. And you get to just spend a day working on some weird thing and you know you have to make minimum five seconds that's normally what most animators could accomplish in a day right and then it sort of grew into this thing where people were planning like months in advance sort of thing to make this grand epic because it was a chance for you to get your work in front of um like people in LA so because like uh Titmouse has um like their LA studio which is their main branch and then New York and then also Vancouver so people started looking at it like okay well this is when everybody sees your stuff so it has to be really good and you need to make it perfect and all this sort of stuff so it started getting into this bigger and bigger and bigger thing and I didn't want to look at it that way so I still kind of you know I would keep it to I think the longest I spent on one was a week was the um the cowboy short that I did uh just because I had to make the puppets for it and then I did it um And I couldn't actually do a lot of that at work during the day because, again, you know, I have all my software at home and my stop motion studio and all that kind of stuff. So mostly what I did at work that day was like I painted the title card, I sourced the music off the server and stuff like that. Um, And then the other one I did was uh, a fake dating sim. So I was trying to code that one uh, myself, having no idea what I was doing. (laughs) So I spent a week doing that. I think there's even a line in it that's like, what did you expect? I don't know what I'm doing. This is the option that you're picking or whatever. So it's like a really cool, fun thing, but it's very easy for it to become like its own monster that you get stressed out about. Because I know a lot of people who are kind of like, I'm not even going to do it because last year I got too stressed out about it. So, But I think they're kind of capping down on the time that you're allowed to spend on it now and they kind of spring it up more. Uh, as a surprise, like they used to give you more warning for it to kind of get it back to that sort of just fun, spontaneous thing, uh, which I like more. So,
0: Revolver is the new weekly show on the Cave Goblin Network, exclusive to Patreon backers of just $1 or more. Each series lasts for a maximum of 12 episodes, then switches hosts and premises. Series two is Tabletop Tales, hosted by me, Jesse Boros where i interview people about memorable stories from their tabletop gaming sessions Hear the adventures at patreon.com/cavegoblins it's fun going in and uh, watching it at the rio yeah well it's a great when it show comes out.
1: yeah cuz everybody's like just so happy that it's done you know and like the people who come in and run it are really fun it's yeah it's it's a good show there's a lot of really weird stuff that people make
0: I can't remember the name of the guy, but uh, I've I've been to two of them, and one of the ones I went to, he'd done like 12 Mm -hmm. different animations, but he'd just gone for like MS Paint. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Three frames per second kind of thing.
1: (laughs) There was also a running joke of uh, one of the art directors Basically stealing other people's film and making crappier drawings of them, <laughs> and then saying by like I think it was either by him or by this one other artist that he was like saying they were the ones stealing. And it was like this super it's weird thing, yeah. Thing. That no one would understand if you didn't really work there. And it's just like what is this garbage? <laughs> but it's, yeah, it's it's a really fun night to go to. It's a fun show.
0: What are your uh, dream? Uh, we talked about sub-motion a bit. Mm-hmm. If would you ever uh, be interested in making like a feature,
1: like myself? Well, or just being not a on part your own because it's <laughs> like that would take me like ten years.
0: <laughs> I guess like art directing it or something, or yeah, like working I mean, with like, uh, Leiko or something. something like that.
1: That would be amazing. Yeah, um, like I love stop motion, um, and I. I think it's sad that there's not a lot of studios for it in Canada. Like, there's a lot of independent people who are doing it on their own. um, But sometimes it's hard to, like, you know, as anybody who has a full-time job and is doing other stuff, it's hard to work on your passion projects sometimes. Uh, Yeah, I I would love to. That would be amazing to, I mean, like, on one side, I really appreciate the, like, DIY, it's super rough, make it work on your own, like, restrictions that I've made a lot of my stuff with. Because You know, like, I don't have a big budget. I'm trying to make everything as cheaply as possible, but I know what I'm going for. Versus, like, it would be really cool to play around with some, like, crazy high-tech equipment, you know, for it. So, yeah. Well,
0: there's something a lot more magical about, say, the first Wallace and Gromit, the one where they go to the moon. Yeah. And Curse of the Were-Rabbit.
1: Yeah. It's, I find that there's this trend in stop motion that's really, like, they want to make things as polished as possible. And... That's not, like, a diss on anything, um, you know, because, like, the people, companies like like are doing amazing things, like advancing this technology. But at the same time, it kind of gets to a point where it's, like, the charm of that rough nature of it is gone because it's just starting to look like CG. So when you're choosing a media for film, you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, well, why do I want to do it in this medium? Like, what's it bringing to it, you know? And that, to me, that kind of it blends the two a little too much. So I wish it was, it, you could see more of the, you know, like thumbprints on grommet and stuff like that. Like I yeah. love that. So yeah, I don't know. I get torn about it.
0: <laughs> oh, and then I guess it would be super contrived if it was a massive, massive budget studio thing that is made to look like that. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm starting to imagine like thumbprint tools.
1: Okay. I, I read somewhere that on some of the, so like, um, what some of the uh, Ardman movies do now is it's like the face is still clay, but a lot of the bodies are actually um, like the costumes and stuff are a uh, like plastic mold or whatever. And when they're molding them, I've read that they do specifically leave thumbprints and stuff like that in it. But I don't know if that's true, because at the same time, I think your eye would pick up if that's in the same spot all the time yeah you know? so i don't know if that's true or not but that that's interesting to think about anyways
0: well that's the uh the big conspiracy theory and the stop oh yeah industry.
1: <laughs> definitely it's like those no frills ads that are happening i don't do you, you know no frills up here yeah okay so it's like been traditionally this like very low budget thing and their whole campaign is like we don't spend any money on our advertising budget and everything else is so cheap and that's why our like everything we sell is cheap but now they have this like crazy big budget campaign that's like hauler we're hauling and all this whatever and it's like these crazy ads and other things so it's like you're trying to make it cool with this big budget ad campaign but that's not what you were originally about so what are you now and it just feels like this weird identity crisis that a supermarket is going through it seems like such a weird thing to talk it's, about it's a but- weird age
0: where our uh, brands <laughs> have personalities yeah, and they, they had to reconcile right? with those personalities in their past i think we mentioned the colonel sanders uh dating game just before the show yeah i mean it's a marketing gimmick i mean but, he yeah. looks
1: hot though i date
0: him and you know he makes good chicken
1: yeah you want to make a cook for you
0: <laughs> uh i've i've seen on uh your Twitter, you've been experimenting a lot with uh, laser cutter work recently. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah. Um, okay, so for the last two months, I was doing a residency at the Maker Labs in Vancouver uh, for part of their uh, Tools for Women program. So uh, how that works is like the first month, uh, you take a bunch of classes that are uh, like how to use tools that they have there. So they did like, there's a wood lab one where, you, you know, you're using, learning how to use a like hand tools, you know, like drills and routers and stuff like that. And then also like table saws and miter saws and sanders and things like that. And then, uh, also laser cutting is one of them and a CNC router. And, uh, what was the last one? Metal lab. So, uh, like angle grinders and things like that. Um, so the, something that I really latched onto was a laser cutter because, um, you know, since I'm an artist, it's, really quick to kind of you know like put your image onto something or cut out images that that are your whole thing. So, yeah, so and then the second month is uh you're making your own projects and helping the new group of people that have come in. So Yeah. Yeah, and it's awesome. Like using laser cutter, it's like the coolest thing in the world because you know like you know, I I make my art, put it into the thing, design it all and everything. And then you're just like watching this laser like reveal this, it's like the future it's so cool to watch
0: i made this on a laser cutter
1: oh that's awesome yeah didn't it make you feel powerful <laughs> like cut it out
0: oh yeah i well i used to use laser cutter i went to architecture school okay so i made a lot of scale models using laser cutter that's so cool um i got a lot of hours behind me on a laser cutter
1: it's so rad yeah it's awesome
0: i've started a few fires on them as well <laughs>
1: So I really wanted to make um a stamp out of uh, EVA foam. Do you know what that is? It's like, yeah. Uh, yeah. And because I know you can do it because I've read about it online and stuff and saw some, you know, like research some videos. But I guess it's like a rubber stamp? Uh, yeah. But I wanted to use this foam instead, yeah. though, for it because uh, I thought it'd be cheaper and easier to source the material and everything else. But it wasn't on their list of like approved materials or whatever. Because, you, you, again, certain things will start fires or release, like, crazy noxious Mm -hmm. gases, right? So they don't want to use it. People used to cut
0: EVA on the uh, laser cutter at my makerspace back in Australia all the time. I I know you can.
1: And I I brought it in and asked them, and they were kind of like, oh, well, we'd prefer if you didn't. I was like, oh, I should have just done it. (laughs) It's
0: better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah, right. (laughs) I've seen someone cut pizza on a uh, laser cutter before. (laughs) I once read an Instructable on Instructables, it didn't last very long, of a guy um, hacked his laser cutter so he could use it with the door open, and he he laser engraved the Instructables logo onto his arm.
1: Oh my god.
0: And yeah, it got taken down pretty quickly.
1: How, okay, how did it look, though?
0: Terrible. <laughs> it looked has... like when they brand Bam Margera in the Jackass movie, <laughs> and it's all slits. Because
1: and... like, you'd have to hold your arm, like that's yeah i can't imagine that would look and it's hard to good. do a test patch
0: and get it right that's the true first
1: time. <laughs> oh my god i want to look that up i'm so like
0: morbidly curious <laughs> i bet you can find it somewhere uh, so one more thing i wanted to talk about before we wrap up mm-hmm. i bought your uh, essential dollar store art supply guide at um canzine <laughs> um what have been some of your best dollar store finds
1: my best dollar store finds. Probably the ink brushes that are in in there. In here? Yeah. Um, Daiso doesn't have them as all, or Umomo, what uh, which they are now known as, and I, I'm still having trouble with that. <laughs> but uh, they're really good brush pens, and I... Is it,
0: is it this one?
1: No, it's oh, the um... other ones. Yeah. Because uh, one of them were made by Zebra, and like if you're buying those online from like, Jet Pens, which is a... Um, Big stationery supplier. Then they carry a lot of Japanese products. It's like yep. six bucks a pen or something like that to ship to, like for a Canadian conversion and to ship to Canada. And they were like two bucks at Daiso. They're the best. I use those all the time. That font, actually, I drew. um Well, the first pass I drew with the ink brush, and then I did a digital version because it didn't look as good. But <laughs> but I use them all the time. It's
0: a very nice font. I yeah. like it all. I've always wanted to make my own font and just never got around to it. Oh,
1: yeah, it's super easy. You should do it. Um, do
0: you? There's a uh, a tool for it now in adobe suite isn't it?
1: oh i don't know i use a website for mine right i, I don't remember what it's called but I even do you just, do you just like,
0: draw the 26 letters x yeah. amount of characters and just yeah, yeah. upload
1: yeah and it just makes it and then like you can adjust it but i was like oh it looks fine <laughs> i also got a um paranormal figure from a dollar store
0: once which i guess oh, really? is like
1: sad that they were at the dollar <laughs> store but also like it was awesome and i was really hyped it about was like it. At
0: the one from the movie
1: yeah 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 they were there was like a bunch of little like they were little figures you know and they weren't like, i mean the real scale one that was in the oh shot, yeah, like, yeah it know, was actually <laughs> no i wish
0: i saw the box trolls in a in an exhibit at uh-huh. universal studios when when i was last there in like 2014 oh, that's so cool. they had all of the actual like uh the the what would you call it, like the actual puppets?
1: Yeah, yeah the the puppets and armatures and stuff. Yeah, which that's was so a very cool, cool
0: exhibit because I, I didn't know at the time that that was even a stop-motion movie because I hadn't seen it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just another one of those, like... Cause that's the problem with Laker movies. They're just never marketed enough.
1: Mm-mm. They don't make a lot of money either, unfortunately. And I think a
0: lot of that is because they don't get pushed by the studio enough. Yeah. Because they're amazing movies.
1: Yeah, and and like the craft behind them is wild. Like they had a campaign for, um, maybe it was the last one, uh, Missing Link, where some of the trailers were like, this is how a puppet is made. And then it went into the trailer. So they were trying to show that off a bit more. The the first
0: time I saw that one was a bus stop ad. Oh, yeah. (laughs) And the bus stop. Uh, I mean, the, the movie had finished its theatrical run when I first saw the ad. Uh, that's and I would have seen it. Yeah. Um, I saw it. The only one I've been able to see in the theaters was Kubo. Okay. Which, at least, is probably the best one, in my opinion. Okay. Or Coraline, maybe. I really maybe.
1: like Paranorman, to be honest. I have, that's, you know, <laughs> that's
0: that one I haven't seen. Oh, yeah? So I'll have to see it's, it.
1: And, like, spooky fall time. It's perfect time to watch it. I'll
0: put it on my list.
1: <laughs> I really like it. It's really good. The back to the dollar store question though. Oh yeah. The like purchase that got away from me that I still regret to this day is I was in a dollar store one time and they had a bunch of reboot figures. Have you ever seen that? Show? Yeah,
0: I used to watch reboot all the time.
1: Right, and they were there, and I was like, oh, those are really cool. I'll come back tomorrow and get them. And they were gone. And to this day, I'm like, when do you see Reboot toys? Like, when were those even made?
0: Reboot used to blow my mind because I didn't know what CGI was. Yeah. Like Reboot and Toy Story. And you try and explain to people and you're like, it's kind of like real life, but it's not. But it's, not- <laughs> it's not a cartoon. It's not real life. It's, it's something else. It's
1: something else. It's very shiny. I don't know what it is, but it's shiny. It's, it's
0: blocky and I get carsick watching it, but it's great. <laughs> Like a Toy Story, the original one, where every single kid is Andy.
1: Okay, I'm going (laughs) to confess, I have never seen any of the Toy Story movies.
0: Not even the first one?
1: No. and Well, now they're up to four.
0: Four, yeah. I haven't seen the fourth one. Apparently, it's really good.
1: I mean, I'm not going to start at this point.
0: (laughs) It's too late. You missed the boat.
1: (laughs) Well, and also, I mean, that's the problem with CG is you go back and watch that stuff. Unless you have like an emotional attachment to it. Yeah. You go back and try to watch CG stuff and it doesn't really hold up. Like, you know, the story can still be great, but the look of it, it's like... I have, I have problems with that. And then you've so. also
0: got to, like, think about Lasseter as well when you watch it. So.
1: Well, I, you know, yeah. I do my best to not think about him at all, so. <laughs> but yes. So, yeah, I just, I haven't seen any of them, and maybe that's bad, but I don't know.
0: <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine. You've seen Paranorman. you yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I haven't. Uh, so, thanks so much for coming on tonight. Thanks for uh, Rosemary, me. <laughs> um, is there anything you you'd like to plug that uh, we haven't covered or that we have covered? Let's uh, compound um, on it.
1: When is this gonna air?
0: Shit, uh, <laughs> a while ago. I actually have a buffer now. It's nice. Let me see. Let me see. It's gonna be probably in November.
1: Okay, because I was gonna say Artbreakers is coming up at the end of the month, but I don't think this will air before then. But, I mean, you can check out Art Breakers in the future, which is a Vancouver-based uh, illustration and art market, which is pretty cool. And then also I would just say, uh, you know, go to my website and follow me on Instagram and stuff where I post lots of work all the time, um, rosemarytrevalli.ca and rosemarytrevalli on Twitter and Trevalley on Instagram.
0: Thanks for listening to Van X Van. You can find me on Twitter at Doug Vandalay and the show at Van X Vancast. If you enjoyed the show please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser or iTunes. It's the best way for us to grow at no cost to you. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash cavegoblins. I'm Doug Vandalay. See you next time. This is a Cave Goblin podcast. For other podcasts like this, visit cavegoblins.com. We hope you have enjoyed this program.